Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. And in this podcast, I want to talk about the Central Powers' thinking and their strategic planning in the final year of the war, from uh, the Russian Revolution, the October Revolution of late 1917, um, and the opportunities that provided uh, Germany, Austria, and the Ottoman Empire all the way through to the uh, failure um, of the German army in late 1918. So, to recap, the Russian Revolution of February 1917, um, which uh, brought in the provisional government, overthrew the Tsarist regime and uh, brought about the the very beginnings of some kind of uh, changes um, to Russian civil rights and to the freedoms enjoyed by Russians, but very little else. There is very little economic or social change, and of course, no change in the uh, policy of uh, the war and how that was being uh, prosecuted. And as a result, support for the provisional government evaporates throughout the year 1917. In um, October 1917, the uh, Bolsheviks seize power and quickly conclude a peace treaty with the uh, Central Powers and then proceed in early 1918 to sign the Treaty of brest removing Russia from the war and gifting vast new resources to Germany. And it's at this moment that Jeremy sense that success is in sight. Now, I'm currently reading The Vanquished by Robert Gerwaith. Um, it's an excellent book and a really interesting dissection of the period 1917 to 23. And his thesis is, of course, that the, uh, the war that we are aware of, the First World War, 
that we popularly think of as a, a struggle between Britain and France on one side and Germany on the other, joined later by America on the Western Front. That ends in 1918, in November 1918, but very little else does. Uh, and conflict within Central and Eastern Europe and the Middle East rages on uh, until the mid-1920s, and where and there is a kind of a, a brief hiatus um, uh, thereafter. So um, Robert Gerwith uh, writes, Russia's defeat was not the only cause for optimism among the Central Powers' military leadership in late 1917. Although... Just before Christmas, the Ottoman Empire had lost the city of Jerusalem to British troops. Lenin's decision to withdraw Russia from the war allowed Constantinople's forces to retake control of all eastern Anatolia and even encouraged military decision-makers to revive their plans to invade the Caucasus. The Russian Revolution, one Turkish newspaper declared, has saved us from an immediate threat. As long as we do not forget the importance of events in Russia for us and follow them attentively, we can now take a deep breath. Although the United States has extended its April 1917 declaration of war on Germany to Austria-Hungary that December, no more than 175,000 American troops, many of them inexperienced, had arrived in Europe at this point. Instead, there was good reason to believe that the Central Powers now held the strategic initiative at least until the Allied lines on the Western Front were replenished with American soldiers. Moreover, Russia's exit from the war had left another Allied power, Romania, isolated and surrounded by strong German, Austro-Hungarian and Bulgarian forces. On the 7th of December 1917, Bucharest accepted the new realities and signed the draconian armistice of Foxani. So this, if you add into this... Also, the um, events in Italy, um, then you, you, you have a, a complete picture of uh, what you could argue is Allied crisis in late 1917, early uh, 19, 1918. Um, Italy, um, along the Alpine foothills and the Isonzo River, um, had been waging war um, with the Austro-Hungarian Empire um, uh, for two years. Um, and in October 1917, at the 12th Battle of the Isonzo, um, the Battle of Caporetto, um, the uh, Habsburg forces finally, finally managed to land uh, a major uh, victory over Italy. The Austro-Hungarians had had a, a fairly feeble war thus far. They had... Um, been uh, had immense difficulties invading Serbia, um, and only with German and Bulgarian help had they managed to defeat the Serbs. Um, they had had faced two major um, offensives from uh, Russia, and the Austro-Hungarian forces had been dealt enormous blow in 1916 as a result of the Brusilov Offensive that uh, swept through Galicia. The Austrians supported my six German divisions. Uh, one of the uh, officers 
uh, infantry officers there was Rommel, in point of fact, um, who wrote uh, many scathing things in his diaries about the fighting abilities of, of the Italians. Um, they em emerged from um, misty weather conditions and um, was supported by heavy artillery barrages um, were able to break the lines on the second Italian army right away and in one day the shock troops of the German army managed to advance 25 miles a kind of almost unheard of level of success for um, a, a First World War battle and the overwhelming of the Italians cost 30,000 Italian soldiers killed or wounded and 265,000 taken prisoner. The um, loathed and despised General Chief of Staff, um, Marshal Luigi Cadona, um, who was, uh, a, uh, by all accounts, a, a sadist of epic proportions, uh, was dismissed, and Prime Minister Paolo Baselli managed to lose his job as a result of the uh, of the fighting, but overall the Italian army didn't collapse in quite the way that the Germans and Austrians had hoped. But the hopes of the Italian government were that there would be a um, peace treaty that would not involve huge tranches of territory being passed to Austria. One year to the day before the end of the First World War. Eric Ludendorff, the quartermaster general of the German army, thought to himself optimistically that uh, all other fronts were now essentially defeated and there could only be one front left to fight and that would be the showdown with the British and the French and the Americans. He wrote, The situation in Russia and Italy will likely make it possible to strike a blow in the Western theatre of war in the new year. The balance of forces will be approximately equal. Around 35 divisions and 1,000 heavy artillery pieces can be made available for the offensive. Our overall situation demands we strike as early as possible, ideally in late March, uh, late February or early March, before the Americans throw powerful forces into the balance. So even at that point the, uh, of, of jubilation, the uh, German army realised that the clock was ticking. Um, another general staff officer, Colonel Albrecht von Thayer, um, said in his diary on New Year's Eve 1917, Our position was really never so good. The military giant Russia is completely finished and pleads for peace. The same with Romania. Serbia and Montenegro have simply gone. Italy is supported with only difficulty by England and France and we stand in its best province. England and France are still ready for battle, but are much exhausted, and the English are very much under pressure from U-boats. So, on the subject of exhaustion, the Germans were not blind to the fact that the Central Powers were approaching this too, and that speed was now of the essence. And it would be this speed of rushing through the Ludendorff offensives in the spring of 1918, which would eventually lead to a series of miscalculations and, mis, uh, and gambles by Ludendorff and uh, other senior German army commanders, um, which would present the Allies with an opportunity for final victory. 
War weariness um, and indiscipline were spreading through um, the central power, the armies of the central powers, and the civilian populations of the central powers. After the failure of the Ludendorff offensive, it's telling how many German soldiers simply surrender um, when the Hundred Days campaign begins and the British and French and American uh, and other uh, Allied armies sweep towards the German border. And I'll quote from Robert Gerwith again. To be sure, the German high command was well aware that victory had to be attained swiftly. War weariness and indiscipline were spreading in all combatant nations, including the Central Powers. In late 1917 and early 1918, there were increasing signs of exhaustion and political dissent, culminating in the massive strikes in Vienna, Budapest and Berlin. At the same time, however, Germans were in the fortuitous position of being able to transfer 48 divisions from the east uh, and field them against exhausted Allied soldiers on the Western Front. A misleading view of the war filtered into uh, the capitals of the Central Powers, Berlin, Vienna, Budapest, Constantinople. And in all those instances, um, it was believed that the war was going to end very quickly um, and there was one final final push to come. Um, what was not understood was the ability of the British particularly and the Americans to replenish losses, to uh, resupply with new men, new material uh, and new munitions. This sense of possibility and this belief in final victory boosted the morale of uh, central power armies, uh, German, Austro-Hungarian, Bulgarian and Ottoman. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
But it was misleading. And when the reality um, that the war couldn't be quickly won and would have to wage on um, was um, visited upon many of these soldiers, it leads to a collapse in morale. What little morale there was left on any side needed to be carefully cultivated and nurtured. And um, when finally the spring offensive fails, the Ludendorff spring offensive uh, fails, it leads to this kind of collapse in belief that the war can be won or it has any further point. Which is what made Ludendorff's spring offensive so risky. Um, the defender, always in a war like the First World War, seemed to have the upper hand. The ability to dig trenches and fortify positions, to reinforce them with barbed wire, artillery and machine guns, meant that the attacker was always going to have a difficult time with things. Even though numerically things were presently on the central power's side, how long that would last for in an offensive the size of uh, that which Ludendorff had planned uh, was uh, an open question. So it was quite a gamble. Um, but Hindenburg and Ludendorff knew that there really was no alternative. There was no other strategy than the, the kind of the, the manpower meat grinder uh, approach. Um, the troops that were eventually marched against Allied lines could potentially have been kept uh, along the borders of the Reich or in, in defensive positions and cost um, the uh, uh, Allies uh, huge casualties, huge numbers of casualties. But the clock is ticking. The, uh, there was no more time for a long, drawn-out war. The war needed to be won quickly because of revolutionary tensions that were simmering away everywhere between Constantinople and Berlin. The ability of domestic populations to tolerate any more fighting was growing thin, and so um, it was really the home front which was determining the pace of events. The early victories in Ludendorff's Spring Offensive um, confirmed to the German High Command that everything that Ludendorff had suggested was correct. Um, everything seemed to be going to plan um, in, on March 23rd. Um, Wilhelm II, uh, the Kaiser, um, convinced himself that the, the battle, and indeed the war, was won. And there was um, a, a widespread uh, campaign along the, uh, throughout Germany um, to uh, congratulate Hindenburg and Ludendorff um, and to uh, pat them on the back. However, the reality was that um, the, despite the, the, the massive attack uh, on the Allies that took them by surprise and bombarded them with, with, bombarded them with one of the most um, heavy artillery barrages of, of the war, was that despite the uh, advances that the German army had made, it was um, exhausting itself day by day. Um, the uh, lines were overstretched. There were 90,000 Allied uh, surrenders and 1,300 pieces of artillery had been captured. But these were things that the Allies could replenish. 
Um, the problem for the Germans is that um, the real attrition of the offensive cost 240,000 men. These were the remainder of, uh, these were mainly shock troops, storm troops, um, the uh, remainder of the, the best units of the German army. This was the, um, the, the men who had been handpicked to storm enemy trenches uh, and to um, overrun them. Well, this is an enormously costly job. And um, by the end of April, another 100,000 soldiers, um, uh, British soldiers, had come across the Channel in order to replace uh, the losses. But the German losses are largely irreplaceable. When Ludendorff realised that his objective uh, on the Somme-Arras uh, sector of the front um, ha had been uh, missed, that he hadn't ma managed to kind of puncture through the line between the British and the French and separate the two, thus forcing the British back towards the Channel, he begins to search for um, other uh, solutions and decides that um, he will have to uh, probe other parts of, of the line um, and move and start with um, other offensives. Operation George um, was the uh, next attack um, where two German armies would attack um, nine allied divisions, um, the eight British divisions and one Portuguese division in fact um, at Haysbrook um, and this would hopefully sever Allied supply lines. Um, the uh, artillery barrage once again seemed to be um, successful, um, and ten, the German army had advanced by ten kilometres. Um, but when the advance slowed down, um, just a few kilometres from Haysbrook, um, the failure of George and the failure of Michael, operations George and Michael, um, meant that. Um, the uh, faith that the general staff began putting in uh, Ludendorff's offensive, offensives started to diminish um, and Ludendorff begins then desperately probing the Allied lines for anywhere where he can relaunch the, the offensive which is now clearly stored. One of the tragedies for Germany is a great many of the divisions that had been brought over from the Russian front um, that had been freed up uh, had now been ground down by the attrition of um, the, the, the offensives. That said, um, by the end of May, the German army was within artillery shelling range of Paris, which they proceeded to do, killing uh, 900 civilians. Ludendorff now found that he had created for himself immense problems. He had overstretched his supply lines, um, which were incredibly uh, fragile uh, during um, the uh, last year of, of the First World War, and communications themselves were uh, fragmented as well. Hunger was a huge factor for the German army. There are many reports of German soldiers um, who are hungry, uh, perhaps not starving, but certainly malnourished and, and desperate to eat uh, during the offensive and when they overrun Allied trenches and discover tinned meat and bread and all these sorts of things 
is considered uh, a luxury. So this might give us a clue as to what the Germany war economy and the, the kind of the food economy of Germany was able to do under the pressure of uh, an Allied naval blockade. Towards the end of the Ludendorff offensive, uh, the, the, the nightmare scenario for the German army began to occur. A quarter of a million American troops were landing in France every single month from uh, April onwards. And on top of the, the losses that had in, been incurred by the German army, the exhausted and weakened German army was decimated by the Spanish flu. They, obviously, uh, the Allied armies were hit by the Spanish flu as well, which killed 50 million people worldwide. Um, but it seems to have had a much, uh, much more profound effect on the, on the German uh, front line. In the German 6th Army in Alsace, um, 10,000 new cases were reported every day during the first half of July. That's in one army alone. Um, the British Army suffered 50,000 cases of influenza in June and July. So the British Army overall. Um, pneumonia, dysentery and malaria also um, ate away at the strength of the German Army. Um, the weakening German troops um, who had been decimated by um, the, the offensives and various illnesses then had to face the brunt of... Allied counterattacks, and as we know, uh, these result in the Hundred Days uh, Offensive, which ends the First World War. So, the kind of the takeaway from this story is the consequences of that kind of strategic hubris uh, at the um, uh, from mid nineteen seventeen onwards. That belief that the war in Russia was over, and therefore the war in the West could easily be won. But beyond that, the uh, timetable for finishing the war as quickly as possible was something that all sides were uh, keenly uh, aware of because of uh, the exhaustion on the home front and within various combatant armies. So uh, incidents of mutiny and ill discipline were um, ever, ever more pronounced. And so the, the First World War, I suppose you can argue... Um, is a, a war of attrition on the battlefield, but it's a war of attrition between home fronts. Who is going to crack first? Um, who is going to um, take to the streets uh, and build barricades and um, hope the army is going to come over to their side as a result of food shortages, uh, war fatigue, um, inflation and, and other problems and the, the loss of loved ones? And the answer is the central powers believed it was more likely to happen with them. And they had seen Russia um, on what had happened there. They believed it was more likely to happen with them um, and they acted first. They acted first to quickly end the war. Not to suggest that it couldn't or wouldn't or wasn't happening with uh, Britain and France. Certainly some very intriguing tales towards the end of the war of, uh, of mutinies and uh, after the First World War, even police strikes in Great Britain. But um, the central powers on the home front crack first. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this and you found it useful. Um, please do check out our Facebook group. I'll put the link here uh, in, in this podcast. 
because uh, there's a really, really good community of people who are into history and um, like a discussion uh, emerging there. Anyway, I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. Thanks, all the best, and bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.